Well, good morning. That's pretty lively. That was better than the response you got, Matt. So, uh, so yeah. So, as many of you guys know, Jonathan and them are on vacation. Um, lucky them. Um, but uh, uh, I'm here, and for you visitors, I, well, hopefully I'm not your first impression, so you need to come back next week when Jonathan's here. So, um, But I, we're going to be talking today about um, Psalm 23, and the title of this message is, I Shall Not Want. And um, we're going to pray first, and then I'd like you to turn to Psalm 23 after that. So, uh, Father, we come to you today with uh, our arms wide open and our hearts ready to learn, our, our ears ready to hear uh, what you have for us. We pray that right now you show us what you want us to see. You give us eyes for our hearts, Lord that we can read your words and adhere to them in our daily lives, uh, wherever we may be. And not only to adhere to those words, but to apply them and to use them in our lives and to show people the word that you have given us. We pray these things in your precious and your holy name. Amen. So, like I said, uh, could you please turn to Psalm 23, Jeff? Didn't give you guys enough time to prepare for, but it should be up on the screen. Um, this psalm is a very popular psalm. You know, many people could probably recite it by heart. Um, I, even non-believers probably. It's just that popular. But something that happens when a verse becomes popular, it sort of becomes diluted. People will take it out of context for what it truly means, and they will misapply it. So let's take a look at it and see what it actually is trying to tell us. So we start in verse 1. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. Comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anoint, anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now that in and of itself deserves an amen. amen. The Lord is our shepherd. That this, this is the, the, the key verse for the whole entire, uh, entirety of Psalm 23. And the one verse in which most people take for granted. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, a lot of people confuse that word shall to mean some other word. When actually it means another. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Originally when I looked at it, I thought it meant, meant should. Because it looks like that. But shall simply means will. And it's important that we make that distinction that this is definitely saying will. Because if it said should, then it would suggest that the Lord is our shepherd and we should not want. But will says that we will not want because our shepherd is with us. We will not want when our shepherd is with us. Now it seems like a simple verse to understand. 
what exactly does that verb mean? The, the verb shall mean there. Some might note that it sounds very familiar with the word uh, should. Uh, so the Lord it, it would suggest it to us. Now, throughout the Bible, is God a God of suggestions? Is he a God of suggestions? No, he's a God of absolute truth, right? God making a suggestion, it, it, there's, there's no point to it because it'd just be absolute truth. Because everything he says goes. Everything he says stands. That is what God says. What God says is what God says. And God is not suggesting anything here. He is saying that we shall not want because he is our shepherd. God is a God of absolute truth. Replacing the word should would take away from the whole verse. It would break the context of the whole verse as you will see in a moment. In this verse, God is stating something, not suggesting. Shall is just another word for will. So I want you to fill in that word shall and replace it with should and will. So we'd say, the Lord is my shepherd, I should not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I will not want. So I want you to use those words, but apply them to a different sentence. For example, let's say that um, I, I say, I should not sin. Well, that'd be correct, right? I should not sin. None of us should sin. Now, what if I said, I will not sin? I will not sin. Now, this is where it gets different. The, the words become totally different when we use them in this way. Well, if I say, I will not sin, it's not saying that, well, I'm going to be perfect and I'm, I'm not going to mess up. It's just saying that I'm putting forth action that I do not want to sin. That's what this verse is trying to say here. Lord is my shepherd. I will not want. Now, if we said should, it'd be, it'd still, um, it still wouldn't be uh, wrong. It would just mean that we are not putting forth the effort. Should would imply that we have a suggestion and we don't have to follow. But will, when we say I will not, then that implies the power. And, and, notice, and notice, and we'll get to this in a moment, how will, as in something we're going to do, and will, as it is used in the Bible, as the will of God, how they're, they're the exact same word. The exact same word. The exact same word. So that word will is a very important word. And I never noticed this until just a couple weeks ago when I started reading this. And as soon as I started working on this sermon, I realized I was already six pages in. I never even established the word will. I never even truly... <laughs> Establish the definition for it. It's, it's just a strange word. That's what the Bible is. Every single word has a completely like crazy meaning. And, and it is a powerful meaning. That, that, that's why we say this is the word of God. The word of God. All these things, are, are this whole entire thing, the word of God. And that word will is just one of them. And the Bible is all like that. You can take all these words in this Bible and you can break them down and they're beautiful. So beautiful. And that's what's wrong with taking this chapter, Psalm 23, at, uh, at a thousand foot view, at bird's eye view. It's because you can see all the trees, but, but below the trees there's so much beauty. There's so much grass to feed on. And that, that's what we need to do here. That's what we're going to do with this, this chapter. So... Where else do you hear that, that word will in the Bible? Not used in this way, I will not, or something you're going to do, but as something else. Well, you hear it in the Lord's Prayer, right? 
But turn with me to uh, Luke chapter 11. Now I find this really fascinating. The words of Jesus here. Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, uh, in a certain place when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When you pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is, on heaven, in heaven as so in earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive, uh, forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So, why is it that um, those two words, will, why is it used that um, in Jesus here, he says, thy will be done? So, does that mean the two words uh, in, this, in Psalm 23 and Luke uh, 11, would they be different? Well, there's still the same word, will. I'm just wanting you guys to sort of wrap your mind around this, how we use will all the time, every day in our lives, as we're going to do something. We, will would suggest we're going to do something. I, I will do this, or I, I, I will not do this. Um, but Jesus is saying it like this. So, will as in, he's saying it as will as in God's will. God's will, what's that? And remember how I said that the should and will are totally different words? He never said uh, God should, did he? No, he said God's will. So what do we say that should is? It implies we should do it, but we don't have to. But will states that we're going to. And what's God's will? What does it say in the Bible? God is willing that none should perish. For what? Right. He's willing. And that, that's the word right there, will. And then we look back to Psalm 23. Lord is my shepherd, I will not want. So that means we have to willingly put forth the effort to do so. And you might be wondering why I'm so stuck on this. It's because it's so important. That verse can apply to your life all together. Because every day we're wanting something. Be it something physical, something spiritual, something emotional. That's why people go to therapists. That's why people get luxury cars and houses. That's why people get so many nice things. Because we want and desire good things. I'm not saying that those things are bad. But as a Christian, we need to have our wants and desires set on something else other than those things. Our true wants and our true will should be on the things above. And um, this word will, I, I, I swear you're going to hear this word a lot. I, 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 knew, I noted it. It's six pages long in my sermon. So um, if you get, ever get tired of hearing it, just plug your ears or something. But uh, it's, very, it's very crucial to understand this. And I talked with Jonathan about this, and he said, you have to keep repeating something for people to understand it. That's what he said. And then he gave the example of Martin Luther. And he said, the story goes that Martin Luther for uh, uh, a whole year preached John 3.16 every Sunday. And at the end of the year, the, the, the congregants, they, they told Martin Luther, he said, uh, they said, um, uh, Luther, you know, we understand that verse. And he looked at him and he said, no, you don't. No, you don't. So 
The reason I'm elaborating so much on this is because we don't know. We don't truly know. And we have to dissect every bit of it we can. Because this is the word of God. We can't take it at face we, we, we can take it at face value, but there's so much more underneath. And just like this, the will of God, He's willing that none should perish. Correct? We should be willing to give up our wants and desires for Him. Because He was willing for us, we need to be willing for Him. That's what this, uh, all of Psalm 23 is saying. You know, we should read it again. The Lord is my shepherd. Read it with me, actually. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Say that every day when you wake up. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm not going to want today. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm not going to want today. Because he supplies all that I need. That word want can also mean lack. In the translation, it can also mean lack. I won't lack anything when the Lord is my shepherd. Now I want you guys to turn to Luke chapter 22. This is really going to seal the deal with this word. This is probably one of my favorite chapters, which I say that about most of them, but this is definitely at that top tier. Luke chapter 22, and I want you to go to verse 41. It says, And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, ooh, this is good. Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Hmm. There's that word will again. So deep, guys. So deep. So powerful. And this one verse really just... It's, it's the exemplar prayer of everything in Psalm 23. It's the exemplar of it. And you hear, here in this verse you see God, Jesus. But you see both sides of him. You see his human side and you see his God side in one. You see, and he, he says this, he says, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Please, I can't bear it. But then he says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done, God. Not mine. Don't listen to me, God. Just yours be done. You see both. He's saying, remove this from me. This is just before he goes on Golgotha to die for your sins and my sins. He says, it, and he uses that word again, if you be willing, remove it from me. If you be willing, remove your cup of wrath from me that I might not drink it. He says, nevertheless, not my will, not mine. Yours be done. What is Jesus doing here? He's being the perfect example of not wanting. You see his human side wanting to not die because he, is, he was human, fully, fully God and fully man. And you could, he, you could see this right here perfectly. And it's an inward battle. You could only imagine the way Jesus felt. Being fully God and fully man. Having the desires of man, but also being God at the same time. The Bible says Jesus was tempted in every way. Just like me and you. But imagine being God. The perfect creator of the whole entire universe. Imagine being him and fully man at the same time. That's punishment enough for God. Just to be man. 
Think about it. He didn't have to. He didn't have to come down in the form of a man, but he did anyways. And then he cries this exemplar prayer for us to follow. Father, if you be willing, remove this cup from me. If you be, he's saying, Father, if, if you are willing to remove this struggle in my life, do it. But nevertheless, not my will, your be, yours be done, God. Yours be done, not mine. He's being the absolute most selfless person one could be. The perfect example of selflessness right here in this verse. And why is Jesus praying this? It seems he's contradicting himself. He's saying, remove it from me, but your will be done regardless. He's not. Because he knew Psalm 23. He wrote it. Psalm 23 is stating that we have a shepherd and we should not want. Jesus had a shepherd too. It was his father. And why, why is uh, Jesus referred to as the Lamb of God throughout the Bible? Well, look at Psalm 23. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, it's a shepherd. God the Father is a shepherd. And God the Father is leading his son. It's giving a perfect example of what we should be. We should be sheep. You know, throughout the Bible, we're never depicted as roaring lions or anything like that. Believers are only depicted as needy sheep. We're needy sheep. It's because we have a shepherd. And he's going to lead us through all the darkest days. He knows best. And I want to read Psalm 23 again to you, but I want you to keep uh, the verse I just read to you about Jesus praying to the Father in mind. And just imagine this being, imagine being in Jesus' place, having Psalm 23 in your mind while also praying that prayer he just did. The Lord is my shepherd. I won't want, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. There we go, verse 3. It says he leads me in the paths of of righteousness for what for our namesake no for his so you may be going through a trial right now you may be going through the hardest moment in your life maybe you're going through a breakup maybe a divorce it may I, I don't know what it is it could be a death it could be anything we still have to pray that God's will be done because he leads us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So everything that is done to you, whether it be a death in the family, whether it be a, a divorce or breakup, whatever it is, it's being produced. It's being added on to. It is being used for God's glory, for his name's sake. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And directly after that verse, uh, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Directly after that verse, no matter what you're going through, you can be rest assured that you're being carried in the arms of the Father. And even through the valley of the shadow of death, you will, that word there again, you will fear no evil. 
Because what? He is with you. Always. And having this in mind, as we look at Luke 22 again, with Jesus' prayer, if you be willing, God, remove this from me. But nevertheless, not my will, yours be done. That should be us. That should be us praying every day. God, I don't know what you're doing. But nevertheless, not my will, yours be done, God. Not mine, yours be done. What do we know? We're humans. God can see everything. He knows everything. Everything. And yet we still think we know it all. And this is the best prayer any man alive could pray. That your will be done, God, not mine, yours be done. And the final point I have is thy will, Lord, be done. Our lives should be examples of the same selfless and obedient nature of Christ. He was the perfect lamb in every way, spotless, clean, perfect, and pure. Even in his own will, it was God's will. This is exactly what our will is to be. We cannot keep suggesting to ourselves to do better. Suggestions are as good as nothing when no action is given to it. We must, as Christ did, weave our wills to God's will. Upon doing this, we will not want when our shepherd is near. We will not want when our shepherd is there. And a lot of people ask me, why, I do, why am I up here preaching? Or why do I feel a call in my life to do that? Why do I do it? You know, it doesn't gain me much in this life. And I say, I shall not want. I will not want. And it, this brings to another point, another sermon that I could do. It's having nothing but Christ. Because that's the best place you can be. Say everything in your life is stripped away from you. Say your family, your job, your career, your your. Your, your school, everything, your friends, everything. It could all be stripped away from you and you could be left with just Christ. And that's the best situation you could ever be in as a human. Best situation. One of my favorite songs goes, All I Have is Christ. Hallelujah, all I have is Christ. And I never really understood that when people tried to tell me that before. It's only when you truly live it out and feel it that you know what it feels like. And it's the best feeling ever. Why is your friend group small? <laughs> Hallelujah, all I have is Christ. Why is everyone around you leaving? Why are friends leaving you? Why is your family forsaking you? Hallelujah, all I have is Christ. And he's all I need. Because he's my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. That's our lives on a daily basis as Christians. And that's how we should live it out. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. There's that cup again. And what was Jesus saying? Remove this cup from me. But God's saying, through my will, the cup's going to run over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. This 
is the outline of our walk in this life. This is our journey. This is our pilgrim's progress. We start out as little sheep. And what, are, what were sheep used for? Sacrifices. And what does the Bible say we are to be? What does Paul say? He says we are to be living sacrifices. We are to be living sacrifices on a daily basis. How do we do that? We say, not my will, yours be done. Because what was Jesus? The spotless, perfect lamb. Just like us here. And where did God lead him? Led him as a sacrifice. Jesus was a living sacrifice and the sacrifice. So he has called us to be living sacrifices today. And if you're not today, you need to be. Now for those of you that don't know, being a living sacrifice does not mean you're going to go jump off a cliff or anything. It means living out every day as though it's your last and living it out not for your will, but for God's. Living it out not for selfish desires, but for selfless, obedient desires. Just like Jesus. We start out with our shepherd guiding us. And then he guides us where? He guides us to the green pastures and the still waters. And then at the end of the verse where we see, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When our journey is all done, when our race is won, we end up in the house of the Lord forever. How we do this? By following the will of God on a daily basis. So if you're not doing that today, you must. For the, we walk by faith and not by sight. That is the will of God that we walk and we're not walking by faith or we're, we're walking by faith and not by sight. And that's how we're following the will of God on a daily basis through faith. And through that faith in God, we follow, we're following his will. And what is faith? What does it say in the Bible? It says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, if we break that verse down a little more, which could be a sermon in and of itself, but what does it mean? What do we hope for? Say this is what we hope for. This, this pulpit is what we hope for right here. Faith is the substance of it. Now, in Colossians 1.27, what does Paul say about Christ? Christ is in all things. By him all things consist. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, and this is the, 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 what we hope for, and faith is the substance of it, the molecules that make it up. Then in, in Christ, all things consist. You strip everything back, strip all this world back, what do we have? There's Christ right there. And hallelujah, we have the person who consists, uh, that makes all things consist, lives in us. And that deserves a hallelujah and an amen of itself. Amen. I'd like to close with um, just reading uh, Jesus' prayer again. 
Well, if they can find it. <laughs> Here we go. Father, if you be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Amen? Well, I said I was going to close with that, but I lied. <laughs> um, the, the, the reason I got the title for this um, message was um, from a song. It, I don't know if you guys have heard it. It's called I Shall Not Want by Aubrey Assad. Very beautiful song. and uh, She wrote it. It's like a poem almost. And this will, be, this will definitely be where I close this time. Uh, it, it, and it says, um, From the love of my own comfort and from the fear of having nothing, from a life of worldly passions, deliver me, O God. From the need to be understood and from a need to be accepted, from the fear of being lonely, deliver me, O God. Deliver me, O God. And I shall not want, no, I shall not want. When I taste your goodness, I shall not want. When I taste your goodness, I shall not want.